Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, Tino here with the counter to kick off ahead of Wednesday's midweek game against Hibs at Celtic Park. Joined here for this one by James. James, very much the, the Jekyll and Hyde performance against St Johnson on Sunday. What are you expecting from this one tomorrow night? Don't know. I suppose it's the answer because before the St Johnson game I was saying, yeah, we'll get reaction after Lazio, blah, blah, blah. So you're going to, we're going to get a reaction here and that they just pick up where they left off in the second half against St Johnson. I think what we're certainly going to get is a bit of change of personnel. I think Mikey's going to start, and that itself should give us a bit more energy about the team, um, and they can drive one from there. So a reaction of sorts that they'll not be turning in any first-half performances like against Johnson for the rest of the season, if not their whole careers, certainly with Brendan Rodgers as the manager. Yeah, you might have seen the, the nice fluffy quote from Brendan Rodgers. I think I've got it here handy, actually. Um, give me a second. He says when he was asked just about you know bringing out the the rant at half time, is it something he does often in his career? You know where is he at with it? He said, "I always say it's like the flower. A flower, a flower needs the sunshine and the rain. Give it too much sun, it dies. Too much rain, it dies. Players and people are the same. Too much praise, it hurts them. But it's always in balance. I always have a very positive outlook in life and football. But it's all about timing and the intervention and it worked for us." Could be Brendan Rodgers, could be David Brent. Is uh, a particularly could be fluffy a Could be world class basics, isn't it? World class basics. Um, what do you think of the sentiment? Listen, I, I've got to say, I think, uh, you know, kind of kidding aside, it, it could be a really pivotal moment in the season. I think Brendan Rodgers has let things run for for so long. He's maybe seen some nonsense from some players, or at least less than hundred percent from some guys. And enough's enough, and potentially on. Sunday at McDermott Park, that was breaking point. He's come out and said, okay, if this is how you want to play it, let's go. And the rant he's had at half-time is and can be completely separate from Celtic's poor recruitment in summer. Whatever's going on in summer, that, that's a separate matter. Right now, there's a certain amount of players that Brendan Rodgers has available, 32 of them, I believe, and some of them have fallen short. And he's right to pull out the shotgun, James, and, and go for it on Sunday. And it does seem to have had the desired effect and could have a huge impact certainly across the rest of December and the rest of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, irrespective of the, the standards that we as fans have for Celtic, and I think what Rodgers has for Celtic, we've got the best squad in the league and certainly a, a stronger squad than St. Johnson, for goodness sake. So the fact that they're turning in performances isn't based on the talent, it's based on attitude. And that's just, you know, Roger said himself after Sunday, he said that's never allowable at Celtic Football Club. So um, it's a shot across the bows. It might be the, the first and final for a few of them. Um, they could find themselves... Certainly not playing first team football for Celtic in January, but aligned to Rogers' plans to thin the squad, I think there's guys going to be getting out on loan and maybe not coming back. So, bigger discussion on that one, maybe at the weekly show. Yeah, maybe so. Um, so, just to recap, a flower needs the sunshine and the rain. Might just get us a tattoo, James. Keep you very much posted on that one. Um, the players obviously will have felt or have been feeling pretty good about themselves because ultimately they get the 3 1 1, an important three points in the day. But do you think a few of them? And not all of them, but a few of them will be looking over their shoulder now and maybe feeling a wee bit sheepish isn't the word, but certainly um, uncomfortable at Lennox Town over the last couple of days. I don't know. It would be a strange headspace for anyone to be in coming back from getting knocked out of the Champions League to be all comfy about themselves. So I, I don't know if they just they were really knocked, you know, their confidence was knocked from that that defeat against Lazio because he put all the effort in and got nothing back. No excuse. Just try to find some kind of human reasoning for it. Um, certainly, certainly they couldn't have been comfy coming back from, from Rome with that in their pocket. But I think there's part of it is there's a lot of players, and we had it in Angie's first season as well, that there's no one going to take my place. So it doesn't matter if I can do good or bad. I know I'm starting. Um, and there's a fair few of them in there just now, probably three, four, something like that. And that's going to change in January. So they're maybe getting the kind of start reality of that from Roger's discussion at halftime. Yeah. Do you know, without this coming across as ultra critical, which it probably will do, but it's not the intention, I genuinely think at this moment in time, only Cameron Carter Vickers, potentially Liam Scales, can say that they are undroppable at the moment, that you know they've been doing all that's been asked of them. Because across the board, elsewhere, Joe Hart's made mistakes. The fullbacks haven't been great. Callum McGregor's dipped below his own high standards. Kyogo's not on fire in the way that we know he can be. Even O'Reilly has been in and out. He maybe falls into the Cattle Vickers category, but maybe not. Uh, the wide guys have chopped and changed. So nobody can rest on their laurels, James. And and I suppose let's take the positive you know, side of that. It's, it's a good place to be where everyone knows that if you slip up, there is, or at least should be, maybe not a left back, there is somebody waiting to come and take your place. I think that's the, the biggest problem is that it's as it I should be, um, not just for left back for a lot of them, you know, because no, even when guys who are playing first team now have dropped out, the guy who's replaced them hasn't managed to stick his place in the squad. So you're coming back in. So you know there's always always a chance, even if you go out, because the competition isn't strong enough for me across the board. I, I think you're right. I mean, some folk will point to Carter Vickers against Lazio, but it's his first game back and stuff like that, you know, Lazio at home. Um, yeah, I, I would say he's the only one and Scales is getting the benefit of nothing much behind him because um, Rogers has come out publicly and said, Navrocki and Lagrabielka aren't ready. I think Lagrabielka has been slightly harshly treated, but he can't be doing it in training. He's only really had that one particularly poor game, which, you know, put Joe Hart in a position against Livy away. Um, you know, he was pretty poor that game overall, but he was dropped since then, and, and that's, that's been it for the boys. So, um, you should take that as the motivation to work harder. 
Yeah, well, just that you've mentioned Ligger Bielka. Um, I wasn't going to pull out this quote, but I might as well, uh, just to follow on from a Brendan Rodgers quote-a-thon. He said, when asked directly about Ligger Bielka and Nabrocki, uh, in terms of the lack of game time, and to a lesser extent, Marco Tellio, he said, it's always personality. There are clearly players ahead of them. What always takes my attention is training. I'm out there every day watching training, and when I see players train and work with that personality, they will edge closer to my thinking. Unfortunately for Mike and Gustav, Skills has come to the team and has really taken his opportunity. It's an area of the team you don't want to change too much. And some managers, James, they, they will put the onus on what you do on match day. But it's clear for Brendan Rodgers you need to do it on the training pitch first and foremost to even be considered. So I don't want to say that it's such a, a poor reflection on, on Navrotsky and Lagerbielka, but it's clear that he's challenging them to do that wee bit more because at the moment... It's clear they're not doing enough to edge out Liam Scales and definitely not Gatter Vickers. Yeah. I mean, it's a balance you can go too far with attitude if if the talent is better in the competing player and you can work on his, his attitude. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'd have a decent attitude if I went to turn up at Lennoxton for training, but I'm not saying I'd have the ability to get into the first team. So the attitude, is, the, the attitude is crucial, but it has to be aligned to, to talent. And... You're looking at series spends on those two centre-halves sitting on the bench, maybe not even the bench. So where, you know, it's better if you can leave it to the player to get their attitude right. But if they aren't able or they aren't doing that themselves, then where is the, the rest of the, the coaching support team to those players and getting their head in the right space? Because there, there has to be talent there. And at the end of the day, at some point, skills isn't going to be Celtic's first choice or second choice centre-half. So we need to work on that. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot to be said for for Ange Postecoglou's approach, and I hate to go go back to Ange all the time, but there's there were so many positive things that he brought to Celtic. Of of course there was, and one of the things that he spoke about frequently was assessing the personality as much as the the player. You know, he got a feel for where the person was at, what their, their motivators were at this given time in their career, how how driven they were or not, all these kind of things. And I think there's a number of guys that he decided against. You know, it wasn't the right fit for him and for Celtic. And I just wonder if that's been done. Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute that there's bad attitude stuff going on with Navroski and, and Lagerbielka. But maybe it's just a bit of a, a rude awakening coming to a club the size of Celtic. Where have they come from? It was at Elfsborg in Sweden and Legia Warsaw in Poland. Big clubs in their own right, in their own countries. But Celtic's a different level altogether. And I wonder if they've just come here and not, as I say, not quite had a bad attitude or being complacent, but maybe just not realised the level they've come to and what's required at Celtic. So absolutely not writing these guys or any other guys off at this moment in time. But as I say, to go back to the overarching point, James, it's a, it's a timely reminder by Brendan Rodgers. Celtic are in a, a crucial run of fixtures. And if there's things to be fixed, then now's the time to fix them. Yeah, I mean, we need competition in that team. You know, and that's two guys that could really be pushing... Carl Vickers included, you know, I, th I think he's got such a strong attitude that he doesn't need that, you know, person behind him, kind of tapping him on the shoulder. But, you know, that it never hurts a player to have that. Um, so I want the two of them pushing to be in the team um, and get because then you get the best out of both Carl Vickers. And we really see if Scales can do it, if he takes that pressure. One thing that is never in doubt with Scales is his attitude and his application. I think his mentality is so impressive. Yeah, absolutely. He's all heart, and at the moment, he deserves all the praise that's coming his way. Um, last Brendan Rodgers quote, I promise, but as part of his presser on Monday there, he said that competition can sometimes be your best coach, and I buy into that. I think we've seen that, listen, at Celtic and various other clubs. If there's someone 
breathing down your neck, waiting to take your place the moment your performance levels drop, then that gets the very best out of you. And hopefully we start to see more of that, certainly across December and depending on who we might might bring in in January. Um, to go back to the, the Hibs game specifically, so yeah, as we know, and as part of that conversation, mm-hmm. Navrocki, Lagerbielka, Tilio, all fit, just finding themselves not in the squads at this moment in time, and we'll see if that changes for Hibs. Obviously, we know that Maeda, Hitati and Abada still remain out injured. But decent news on Maeda and Abada, actually. I think they're back in the yeah. training pitch and working on their fitness. Hitati will be a wee bit further behind. So with that in mind, James, um, do you want to give us a run-through on what you think the 11 will be? And, and I suppose I'm looking for that balance between what you'd like it to be and what you think Brendan Rodgers will ultimately go for. All right. Um, I don't think I'm too far away this week. It's not as fanciful as usual. Uh, it's going to be a fairly boring, a very boring back five. Hart, Alistair Johnson, CCD, Liam Scales and Greg Taylor, yeah. just because. Um, if Johnson was maybe needing a rest or if he was carrying any knocks, then I think he'd be a decent game for Tony Ralston to come in. But he's not, so I think he'll start. And the rest are picking themselves for the reasons we mentioned earlier on. So nothing really, it's not a lot of discussion in the back five, would you say? Yeah, I agree. I can't see anything but what you've mentioned. Yeah, so we've got him midfield. Yep. So it came up in the, the Monday night show there, the weekly show, and going to go for it. Going to push Cal forward. thought that goal on, on Sunday was, it was just like a throwback to the goals we used to see from McGregor. Finding the right positions, great strike of the ball, caught it really sweet. But he's just not in those positions when he's he's in the six, and you just, you won't be, you can't be. Um, he was only there because it was breaks of set pieces and things like that. So I'd like to see, it's a game at home, and I think it's a good opportunity to see if McGregor can show the energy for that number eight position and by virtue of that, create a space in the number six for Tomoki. I thought he was great, nice and tight when he came on. We need to know if he can do it. And again, it's a good opportunity to see what he's got. So my midfield three would be Tomoki, uh, Cal McGregor and Matt O'Reilly. Yeah, and do you know, I'd be delighted with that, I really would. And I think a lot of fans would, there's a real clamour, you can, you can hear it, you know, online and otherwise for... Awata to be to be given his chance. I've mentioned several times now that Rogers he's shifted a few guys around, but ultimately he's, he struggled to find that third man out with McGregor and O'Reilly. And I think Tomoki Awata deserves that chance. Turnbull's had chances, Thiago Holmes had chances, Bernardo's had chances, particularly in Europe. There is an interesting quote from Rogers, the Brendan Rogers quote show, but there is an interesting line uh, over the last twenty four hours or so where he said that Tomoko Iwata would have featured against Lazio had he been in the squad. Now, there's a bit of hindsight there. You know, why didn't you put him in the squad? But maybe he hadn't seen enough of him at that, at that time where he had to make that decision. But it's interesting that he said, pretty much word for word, that he would have featured against Lazio. So it's, it tells you that he's in his thinking. He's obviously pleased with what he has been doing in terms of his training stuff. And I think this is a great opportunity to put him in. I watched his assist for James Forrest's third goal, you know, the ultimate clincher against St. Johnson. And all he takes is three touches. First one is to burst away from any St. Johnson midfielders who are hanging around the halfway line. Second one is just to get it further out his feet. Third one, perfectly weighted, perfectly delivered pass for James Forrest, for James to do the rest. And he'll have taken a huge boost from that in the same way that he'll have taken a boost from his goal against Hearts not that long ago. And ultimately what we're seeing is a guy who is given opportunities, he's taken them, he's doing his part, and I think it's now on Brendan Rodgers to, to meet him halfway and give him the nod. Yeah, because what's the point otherwise? You know, we know something's not working, as you referenced earlier on, finding that third person in the midfield. In terms of that third person, 
actually might be McGregor himself as long as he gives up the sixth berth. Um, there's tough games coming up, no doubt, um, and we need to know in a fairly safe environment. I know habits are always dangerous and it should be a, a game of football, um, but it's, it's, it's kind of as safe as you're going to get it. It's at home, you know, midweek, fans will be well behind us and stuff like that. So, yeah, let's, let's see what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm in agreement and I'm really keen to see if, if Brendan Rodgers goes with that midfield three. Uh, and up top, so I suppose there's a couple of questions. That the big headline would be that surely Mikey Johnson, after what he what he put in in the second half against St. Johnson, surely he'd be a sure. And I'd, I'd be amazed now. I know Brendan Rodgers won't be swayed by public opinion. He'll make the right calls based on everything he sees. But based on who's available at this time, limited wingers, Yang, you know, very much out of sorts, James Forrest, top end of his career, all that stuff. Mikey Johnson has to start, James. So your thoughts on that and who the other two forwards would be? If Mikey doesn't start tomorrow night, he might as well get up and pack his bags. He'll never, he'll never be more justified to start a game for Celtic. So unless he's come into Lennox to Monday morning, take high fives off everybody and do nothing in the training pitch, which I really, I really don't think, hope, really hope he hasn't been doing, then he, he starts tomorrow night. Um, like I say, he just when he come on against Lazio and when he come on the weekend, he just injects that energy into the team. And you've seen when he's been doing it for Ireland, he really lifts the team because they respond to that and they get themselves into positions. You know, he's got players there that want to be on the end of you know what he can do. And people have been really picky and saying, you know, on Sunday, and this is, you know, he's got a body of fans just dead against him. And I'm very much in the, I don't think he's been doing it. I'm unsure if he'll ever do it, but I really want him to do it instead of just being, like you say, you know, entrenched. You know, look at his performance on Sunday and saying, oh, but he missed this cross, he missed that cross. He puts himself into a kind of an anxious position where he's like, I want high volume, high volume of opportunities. And of the opportunities I, I take, some will work, some won't work, but the ones that work, they'll create goals. He's fallen to the goals on Sunday. You, you can't take that away from him. Yeah. I, speaking of Ange again, um, Ange would always tell a player like Mikey or otherwise, Take risks in those areas. When you're in the final third, take chances. And some will come good and some won't. But that's that's why you're in those positions to to do what you do and be the creative player that you are. I think it's really interesting. I put an article out on him earlier on, you know, just speculating as to what the future might be and the fact that he should be starting against Hibs. But it's also interesting to note he's got a, an interesting history just with St. Johnson. St. Johnson have featured in a number of Mikey Johnson's headlines. So Sunday being the latest, obviously, you know, he put in a star man performance um, second half to ensure Celtic get the three points. It's St. Johnson that Lenny and him had that famous spot where Lenny... Tells him F off as he got injured. It was St. Johnson that he played against when Brendan Rodgers gave him his debut six years ago, over six years ago. It was May 2017 as an 18-year-old kid. Brendan Rodgers pitches him in against St. Johnson. And I remember a season, I'll need to check, I think it was 2018-19 season. First game of the season, Celtic hammered St. Johnson 7-0 at Celtic Park and Mikey get to them. So he's had these moments with, with St. Johnson for whatever reason. You, you get these clubs that sometimes players just play well against. But I'm hoping that Hibs are next on the list for Mikey and that he can really step up. I, I don't need to go on about how big a fan I am, but 45 minutes against St. Johnson isn't enough and it's now over to Mikey to hopefully get that start and then prove that he can be consistent and do it on a regular basis at Celtic. So so let's see. So who's the other two, James? You've got Kyogo versus O at this moment in time, a bit of debate. You've obviously got Louis Palmer in the, Palmer in the mix and I don't think Yang's around James Forrest as a maybe. What do you think? Uh, I think it's... Palmer, a wee bit like the conversation earlier, a wee bit by default. 
Um, he's in and out for me. There's talent there, no doubt, but he's not hitting consistent heights yet, and we really need that from him. And it's maybe just undeserved pressure. But you know, you're signed for reasonable though. You're in at Celtic. You're going to be a winger. You're going to be coming under pressure to perform. And he's doing it, and he's not doing it. When he does it, it's sublime. When he's not, like, I mean, that was a game where a guy like Jota, and this is unfair, players and players and stuff like that. But someone like Jota unlocks a wee bit of stuff on Sunday that Palmer wasn't. You know, I thought I thought he was just a wee bit lacklustre. So I really need his attitude to be better and to have the kind of Dyson reset that when something doesn't work, you just go again, go again, go again, and it'll happen for you. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing Dyson's got is he, he can't remember what happened five seconds ago. He just, just goes to the next chance. So I'm going to pick him because there's no there's not really anyone in his place. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think um, he, he was out of sorts against St. Johnston. Actually, these kind of turgid domestic games is where you need your wide creatives to step up. And I don't think it's anything, again, with, with others I've mentioned, I don't think it's an attitude thing. I think he's just struggling to find that consistency. Which no, I just happen. mean his application of attitude, not that he's had a, got a bad attitude. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's just a guy that needs to realise quickly, and I'm sure he will do if he hasn't already, that you can't have these off days at Celtic. You know, maybe at his previous club he was out in Greece, wasn't he? Um, maybe you were able to get away with stepping up now and then, but not always. It's different at Celtic. It's different pressure. You know, as I mentioned, Navrocki and Lagerly Belka are, are feeling that and seeing that at this moment in time. And Palma will be learning. He, you know, he's new to what we do. Um, but yeah, we know he's got the ability. We know he's got the talent. So you'd be hoping for him to step up. And again, great opportunity tomorrow. Full house. He, he thrives in the big crowd at, at Celtic Park. And yeah, I think he'd be the right choice, absolutely, given who's available. So what about through the middle end? Kyogo, out of sorts, all coming on and having an impact uh, against St. Johnson. Is it time for that straight swap? Yeah, you got to reward it. You know, I, I just, I, I don't think, oh, he's, he's certainly not as good a player as, as Kyogo. Very different player, of course. But Kyogo bang on form, you know, in flow is is a phenomenal striker. And I don't think O is, but he's playing better than him. It's as simple as that. So I think you're more likely to get stuff, um, he's more likely to, likely to get on the end of what Palma and Mikey do um, than Kyogo at the moment. Obviously, there, there might be more drive from the midfield that is more suited to, to Kyogo, you know, the, the through ball kind of thing. But he can put himself about. Um, and I think we're going to need a wee bit of that tomorrow night as well. So uh, I just work on a meritocracy and I think it's it's time to give Kyogo a wee rest and put one there and see what he can do. Yeah, and I think it is twofold. It does, first and foremost, allow Kyogo a break. It's not... In the modern player, I hope Kyogo wouldn't see it as being dropped as such. It's take a break. There's lots of games coming up between now and the turn of the year and Oak can step in and, and take the burden. And Kyogo would still have his part to play. So as I, I like the, the look of that team. I can certainly get on board with the rationale. So just to recap, uh, standard 4-3-3 under Brendan Rodgers, Joe Hart and goals, Arthur Johnston, Greg Taylor, the fullbacks, Carl Vickers and Skills, your centre-halves. Tomoki Iwata, probably been the biggest move. He would set at number six with McGregor and O'Reilly up ahead of him. And then you've got all through the middle with Palmer and Mikey Johnston either side. Interestingly, I think based on how they operate, you'd have Palmer on the left and Mikey Johnston on the right. But what you did see on Sunday from Mikey Johnston was he started on the right when he came on in the second half. Done a great job out there. But then when Celtic shuffled the pack, he went and done an equally good job on the left wing. And it's great to see that he's got the ability to do either or, which you would need to have at Celtic. It's a huge asset. But Mikey's fairly two-footed and direct either side. So I think he would start on the right. 
and Palmer on what's become his more natural left-hand side. Um, let's just get a quick look at Hibs, not to spend too much time on it, but they've slowly but surely found their feet under Nick Montgomery. They've won their last three in the bounce and very decent win at the weekend. So they also played on Sunday and they beat Aberdeen 2-0 and that's a, a pretty notable result for them. We know a lot about some of their different personnel. They've got really decent players, Martin Boyle. Uh, they've got a striker, Dylan Venti, who seems to be doing well. Dylan Levitt in the midfield, John Ewell in the midfield. Fela Tavares, it plays wide left. They've got real threats up top, and what they tend to have at the back is the the old experienced heads. They've got David Marshall, Louis Stevenson, a few other guys of that nature. So they're a decent side on their day. They're a decent side, and I think what you're seeing now is the benefits of a really decent coach. I was never ever convinced by Lee Johnson as a Hibs uh, manager, bit of a uh, call center salesman type of character. Uh, lovely attire, nice coats, and all that stuff, but not a manager. And I think he's now at Fleetwood. Uh, where he replaced Bruni. By the by, Nick Montgomery, James, seems to be getting a tune out of this upside. Yeah, he certainly is. I mean, I was looking at their form. I don't think they've beaten in the league since 21st October. Um, took a bit of a tanking off of our friend South of the River 4-0. Yep. But it's all draws and wins since then. A wee bit inconsistent the draws. The draws will kill you and all that stuff. But it's it's allowed them to clean the table as well. It's put them in a decent position. Um, you always like to see Hibs there or thereabouts because by and large, they're a more footballing team than some. I know against us, they can sometimes revert to, you know, just keeping things tight and trying to play in the break and even then, you know, leaving it to late in the game. But, you know, I'd always rather have up, you know, the top of the table in European positions than others. So, conversely, Livingston are bottom of the table. So, happy enough with that. Nothing against Livy, it's just a pitch. So, yeah, a lot of good players in there, a lot of talent. Martin Boyle's a guy I really rate. I think he's just below the standard required for us, but just, I think he's the kind of guy that will get you goals anywhere. So, always a threat. Um, and they've got experience at the back, like you say. Marshall's prone to a clanger these days. That can happen. You know, ask, ask your own goalie. Um, so, that's something to be mindful of and try and put a bit of pressure on. But there'll be, there'll be a challenge, no doubt. I mean, I think we're going to come out winners, but we're not going to get it for free. No, and I don't think Hibs, generally speaking, Hibs as a club don't do this, but I don't think they would be inclined to come and park the bus. And and what we've seen under Nick Montgomery, very much akin to an style. He likes to play out from the back. He takes risks. He's hoping to then that his defenders would break the lines and, and find the space in the midfield and build from there. What they have done, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of their, their form. Um, in the last six league games, so the most recent three they've won, which is against Aberdeen, Dundee and Kilmarnock, and the three before that they drew. So first and foremost, what Nick Montgomery's done is he's gone in and stopped the rot. Yes, you're not winning, but at least don't lose the games. So one of those draws was with us, of course, drew nothing each back on the 28th of October. They drew by Ross County, two each following that, and then they drew by St Martin, who are decent at this moment in time. And now they've propelled the draws into wins. So three draws and three wins. And ultimately, that's that's all you can do. You know, you, you're slowly but steadily improving uh, what you're offering and I think the Hibs fans are, are quite enjoying he's got quite a straightforward style isn't he he's quite a straight talker and I think they're enjoying what they see but these are now the challenges for them they'll, they'll come here in fairly confident mood James and they would be somewhere quietly confident of potentially taking something yeah I mean you know, they've shown, shown just a few weeks ago that um, they can nullify us so it's like you say the, the second phase of Montgomery's Tutorship is to see, you know, can we turn that into a win? It's a big ask coming to Parkhead for a win. 
But like I said, their team plays football, so they'll have a go. That that could essentially be their undoing um, is when they go for that, you know, the open way of playing that it can leave gaps for us. That, and we've got a lot of speed uh, within the team that we can maybe exploit that. So, yeah, I think I think that will reflect on the result. But um, it'll be good to see an open game. Yeah, yeah, it should be a fairly enjoyable fixture. So, as we've gone through the Celtic team in detail, we've covered some of the headlines uh, on Hub. So, what are you thinking in terms of your scoreline for this one? <laughs> the same but different from Sunday. 3-1 Celtic, but in a very different fashion. Yeah. None of that goals. first half nonsense. None of that first half nonsense. So, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get our noses in front in the first half, maybe go in at half-time. 2-0, 2-1, something like that, and then finish off towards the end. Yeah, my, my general thinking was along those lines, I think Celtic would win by a couple of goals on the day, so I'm going to go for 2-0. Uh, the danger, of course, is that if any team gets a corner against us just now, it's almost as good as a goal. So just count it. Flood the six-yard box and put pressure on the goalie and see where it goes. But no, I think Celtic by a couple of goals. I'm really hopeful that every player, whether you're starting or a squad player or on the bench, whatever, every player will react to, to Brendan Rodgers' Um, half-time rant, if that's what we're calling it. Uh, a positive rant, you know, it's not just throwing the teacups about and giving guys the hairdryer treatment. So hopefully guys have responded positively to that and that we see the, the fruits of that. Uh, from an early stage against Tibbs, he has said they'll come out uh, ready from the off and, and hopefully we see that. James, your final thoughts as we wrap this one up? Yeah, a big football at Parkhead. Yeah, I'm good to get the, the home games on the calendar. So, should be an exciting game. Two football teams, both want to win. Two attacking coaches so yeah looking forward to it yeah should be a good game as discussed main thing for Celtic though is get the three points and maintain that eight point gap at the top of the table Rangers have got a tough one they're, uh, they're at Tynecastle so we'll see how that one goes but ultimately all Celtic can control is this one against Hibs and let's hope for a, a very positive result we'll be back as always shortly after the final whistle to bring you the final whistle show but in the meantime for myself and James thanks for tuning in and enjoy the game Podcast Network.